This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Genesis Scottish Open storylines, best bets, one and done. Obviously, a little congressional chat, and not not the club, not the club. I'm talking Ooh. about Capitol Hill here. Uh, joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hello, Greg. What's going on, boys? I uh, I cannot believe that there's a PGA Tour event going on across the pond this week, and we watched a Senate hearing today uh, covering golf. It's just crazy to me. Yes, we it's will. Crazy. We will. We will jump into it. I was in full C-SPAN mode this morning. Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. Hi, Rick. Well, we uh, didn't watch the Senate hearing because we are preparing to go to said PGA Tour event in Scotland, and uh, the challenge of packing for what looks like a few days of rain and low 60s, high 50s degrees is, is challenging right now because the week thereafter, I'm looking at 90 degrees. So layering looks like it's uh, going to be on the offing. Yes, layering and realize how those forecasts are very, very unpredictable. Couple suitcases. This yeah. is a multi-suitcase trip. That's I'm right. I'm going in one. I'm, I'm doing one. All right. Find find a laundromat, maybe might be the uh, the other suggestion. Kyle Porter is here. KP, an absolutely normal day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, some years you get some years during during coffee off season you get Paul done, and some years you get Jimmy done, and Ooh. you just you never know which uh, which one you're going to get. So yeah, totally normal. I mean, we should start with the pace of play issue in the Senate. It's out of control. To their credit. They didn't go to commercial. <laughs> I mean, wow. yeah, con- congratulate. Yeah, you, you know why? Because you you fund you you funded the plane through. Yes, this net last hour brought to you by it was brought to you by Rick Gaiman. Yeah, Rick Gaiman tax dollars. <laughs> that last hour on un- uncommercial, no commercials. Um, yeah, let's. I mean, let's let's go to Capitol Hill here. So this morning, this is Tuesday. Uh, the PGA Tours operating chief, Ron Price, and Jimmy Dunn, policy board independent director, testified in front of this in front of the Senate Homeland Security Committee. That's a real factual statement. Uh, sure. Co-led by Ron Johnson, Richard Blumenthal. Greg, this was uh, an opportunity for these two to get in front of Senate, get in front of congressmen, 
and basically answer questions about this live PGA merger slash not a merger framework agreement. Don't call don't call it a merger. Yeah, I I wouldn't call it that. Um, I also wouldn't call it live. Right. This is really all about the uh, public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. Uh, and to me, the big question here is why would why would the government be involved in this? You know, is this something the government should be involved in? And, you know, I, I typically my answer to that is no, regardless of the subject. But in this case, we are talking about a, another sovereign nation getting involved in an American sport. And it raises a lot of questions. And I think that's the main reason why they why this happened today. Um, I, I fear that this happened uh, way too early. Um, I, I think there are a lot more details and questions that need to be answered that um, that Dunn and Price didn't necessarily know the answer to yet. And I think it's hard to make a decision based on what we have now. So, yeah, very interesting day. But that was the, the big thing for me is, hey, what is the involvement of a of a sovereign nation? Why, why is a sovereign nation getting involved in your sport? Uh, and is that something that that should happen? The start of the hearing uh, was generally on topic, KP. It was uh, looking for information on the background of how this deal came into place. Why? What were the PGA Tours motives in in uh, agreeing to this framework? Again, being very clear to use the framework. Uh, Price and Dunn were adamant that there is no official deal and there may not be a deal that comes down the pike. So this is a, the framework. Why was the PGA Tour willing to have this about face and create this framework with the PIF? And the, the answer essentially came back, as you can imagine, to dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. That, uh, the PGA Tour would not be able to compete financially with Liv and how much they were willing to pump into the PIF was willing to pump into live. So the course of action that they took was to follow us, enter into this framework to get that money themselves. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot there. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, what was interesting, Rick, and I, I I'm curious if you agree it, it, it seemed like the tour was singing a little bit of a different tune than some of the tunes we've heard over the last, whatever, month and a half, in that the picture that was painted for me on Tuesday, I don't have the transcript yet, it's going to be like a 70-page transcript, was one of like, hey, we had, our choices were the tour is over or we're taking the, the public investment fund money. Right. Would you agree that that was sort of the picture that was painted? I felt I I felt it to be a very much. Yeah. If you can't beat them, join them type of situation. Which I actually. So all all business deals are a negotiation of your principles, right? Like if 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 you and I, Rick, enter into a business deal, I don't know why or how we would. But if we did, we would be negotiating you would give some, I would take some, I would give some, you would take some. And there would be some of our principles involved in that, whether they're business principles or moral principles or whatever. And 
I sort of empathized with where the tour was coming from. Now, there's a lot to be said about how they got to that position, right? But I actually empathized with the fact that they were like, I mean, what, what did you, what do you want us to do here? Like just disappear? I mean, that, that's the picture that Jimmy Dunn painted is either we disappear or we try to make this deal happen. And the whole thing was weird because one of the senators was like coming at him. The other was, I thought Andy Johnson said, trying to, trying to fill that policy board seat. Uh, but with, like with his line of questioning, we're talking about China. We're talking about I mean, so many different things going on. But my biggest takeaway was, that at the end of the day, the tour was like, hey, they they finally saw into the future. I don't know who it was that that did, but they finally saw into the future and said, this is not going to go well, and we need, we need to figure it out right now. Yeah, the picture that Jimmy Dunn painted, Greg, was uh, pretty dire. Essentially, they came down to two options. It was, it was uh, live will outspend us, and the PGA Tour will cease to exist, or we will take that money, we will – Yes, go back on things that we have said over the last 18 months, but we will still be in control of this board of the new entity. Those were basically the two options that were believed to be the paths that the PGA Tour could go down. Yes, um, but all at the same time, you know, Jimmy Dunn's talking about how we're in a position where we could walk away at any time. Well, that's, I, but that, I, that's an odd thing. That doesn't. Did he say that today? I know he said that before. Yes, he said it before, and he said it today. You can't have that both ways. It's it's a very strange position, um, in a number of different ways. Um, but then you also have um, Senator Blumenthal asking if they explored any other options, and the tune that I got from that is, well, there's not really any other options that solve the problem. Yeah, like you, there's not really other investors that can, you know, compete with the pit with, with a billion dollars, you know? yeah, yeah, right? There's not really who who are you going to go to? Like, well, it's I not, mean, but but maybe a on, U.S. government bailout. It's not the money. Plenty of entities have hundreds of millions, but billion dollars, whatever. Like, I don't think the money is necessarily the issue. The issue is that even if you get that money, you're still fighting this war on another front that's sucking up all the money that you would even get and exactly the other thing is the ask right if you go to if you go to a venture capitalist and get a billion dollars you don't own a majority of the pga tour anymore or whatever this new entity is and now you answer to them there's probably only one entity on the planet that is willing to put in billions of dollars for maybe not much in return other than a seat at the table and it's piff. That's the way that I read that, Greg. Or, right. or, 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 it, it, that's it, interesting. Or a green jacket, right? He was prepared to get his Augusta National membership. Yeah. So that that's yeah. the way that I kind of read that line of questioning is like, yeah, well, we we could get this money from other places, but it's it's a very different scenario. And we still right. have competition and it, it doesn't solve our problems yeah now you have this frame you set up a framework agreement it ends the litigation it takes care of that it ends the recruiting of other players uh and it unites the game right and, and look maybe uniting the game is just a buzzword that sounds good that's what it feels like to me um because this is really a a, a war that seems like it's over now um assuming that the the deal goes through but 
again, it, those I think there's a pretty clear understanding that comes from this motive angle here, um, at least on the PGA Tour side. Now, if you look at the PIF side, why? what is their motivation? And the only answer that really comes out of that to me is, um, well, we don't want to go through discovery in the litigation. So both sides want to end litigation for, uh, you know, they all, they both have their reasons. Nobody wants to go through the, that process, the expense, um, you know, just cause you have, it doesn't mean you want to give it away. And the, and, and the discovery process is a very, you know, painful kind of process. As we saw today. Well, as we saw today. So well, nobody wants to deal with that. Well, not that I'm informed on this at all. You know, I'm catching up on the news as you guys talk about it but a couple questions uh, jumped to mind last week a lot of us had a conversation and the word is that none and i say none of the live guys are actually interested in coming back to the pga tour so this play happy and everyone's going to play against each other all the time is not going to be a thing from what i'm led to believe now that's also subject to change because we've seen how money makes decisions for people uh, and then then secondarily with the situation where Liv is going to come in and be the savior. It it it's it really sort of had to be. There, there there is no getting around it. Like Kyle and you both point out, there's only so long that the tour could hang on, and they were just going to get bludgeoned to death by financial commitments. And then I wonder why, if Liv, because Liv brought the suit, was it Liv or was it the players brought the suit against the PGA Tour? Both Liv and the players. They they did it at the same time. So apparently things folks weren't thinking very clearly then too, because if you got a bunch of dirty laundry, you don't go trying to air it out when you try to take someone else to court because you know it's going to come out. So I find that all curious as it's now coming out in the wash as well. Well, I think hmm. I think a couple things here. Um what were you talking about, Greg? What, what at the end there? Uh I completely forget. <laughs> so many, so many things. Um, okay, the... so okay, I, I remember. I, I got you. I so to me, this is one. It's curious to me that in one of the documents that came out today, essentially, like as as far as I understand the document, Le, uh, Yasser basically floated a test balloon to the to to Jimmy Dunn, this was in December of last year and sort of pursued the tour first, which is, which is really interesting because they didn't seem to be, they're certainly not in a position of financial weakness as compared to the PGA tour. Now I believe there, they, that the, the public investment fund and Yasser and MBS were in a position of um, le legal weakness Right. Like they, the discovery thing was getting, was not great for them. Like that was, that was not going well. But th that happened, I believe, well, I don't know the timing of when that happened. I, I guess all that to say, like, I thought it was curious that Yasser pursued Jimmy Dunn through a, it was kind of like how, you know, how uh, college football coaches are like, haven't been talked to by USC. And you're like, well, yeah, but like nine people that you text with every then, day have. And then at, 12, have and then at 1201, when you're <laughs> yeah. when, the, when the signing window opens, they have this, they have this deal done already. It's like, how'd they figure that out in one minute? Yeah. So these, so these people that reached out to Jimmy Dunn have been talking to Yasser. Yasser and Rory met in December. There's a bunch of bunch of different things going on. 
two, the position that the tour is in, you, we can blame it on the PIF. We can blame it on whoever. It, to me, it's 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 not great leadership by by Jay Monahan and the executive team because it's not. I love it, Rick. You always use the phrase like, "Let's game this out. Let's game this out." It's not as if we had to game this out twenty steps down the road. This was like two steps, right? You block people from playing the PGA Tour, live sues, and here we are. And it just like if you were going to stand on your principles, you got to go down with the ship. Otherwise, they 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 had to have seen. They had to have had the vision for this and agree beforehand to prevent all this from happening. And so the position that they're in right now, as much as people want to blame it on lives mo- or uh, the PIFs money and these people and this law, like all these different things, I a lot of that blame I think falls at the feet of Monahan and and the PJ Tour. Now is that like a lot of people are like, oh, he needs to be fired? I I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But that that's I think that's worth mentioning because I think it kind of is it's easy to kind of let that slip through the cracks right now. You're on mute, Mark. Excuse me. Kyle, I hear where you're going. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. But but I, I keep on trying to put myself in the leadership's shoes in this scenario that you describe and go, okay, you've got a few players leaving. There's chatter about all, all and sundry leaving. And then how do you protect your tour? Well, You've got to start upping fees to keep your crowd in place, but then you also can't just let everyone go and then come back because who you're not defending your membership kind of thing. Then, so I can see why they did sort of what they had to do. Like you say, you, uh, your ship's sinking. There was a hole in the ship and they had to plug it. It's not like, well, okay, well, you guys just go ahead and then come play and go ahead. Because effectively, then, in my opinion, the tour is losing its identity and it's going to lose its value because there's always sponsors and stuff in the background. There's all of that stuff that they've got to consider as well. So I'm not surprised that they looked at this and said, go, you're not coming back just to at least plug the leak a little bit, but I'm just spitballing here a little bit, but what you say makes sense. But, but I think in terms of saying, well, it was bad business decision. I think it was the only business decision call me crazy. If you think so, uh, which, which decision? Well, when you, well, they just blocked the guys. Cause you said guys leave, block them. Then we go to litigation. That was the two things that happened, the two steps. You had mm-hmm. to block the players from coming back. You can't just kind of have a porous border, if you will. That doesn't turn out very well. But wouldn't the, the, the counter would be, so I think there's two options. You either, uh, you either do this deal two years ago when they tried yeah. to steal. That's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Or, or you go down with the ship. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get two years in. And have your only defense, Greg, be, well, we've raised, we, you, can't have, you can't have the answer be, we can't compete financially. The only thing we've tried to do is raise our purses. Like that, compete financially. You're not, that, that doesn't jive with me. Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, was there a thought that somewhere in court we were going to be able to win? Uh, was there a thought that, was there lobbying going on behind the scenes? Yeah, where this is something that could be blocked by the government. I mean, you have incredibly smart people and this isn't just Jay Monahan making decisions. I, I think in this, we've learned that the board on the PGA tour is full of some pretty high level business guys. Um, 
and you know attorneys and various people here who have accomplished quite a bit um, in in the business world. And so you know there are at least uh, I would say you know they've they've had their success. I guess is the best way to say it. So uh, I I feel I really feel like they're kind of handcuffed here. Like there's a complete tidal wave that is coming and you know, you can put boards over your windows all you want, but it's going to, it's going to get in eventually. So I don't know. Are they trying to hold on as long as they could? Were they hoping that there was going to be a, you know, a knight in shining armor to save the day and make live go away? Were they hoping they'd fail on their own or Yasser would change his mind? I, you know, I, it's hard to know those motivations. I do have a really hard time looking at this situation, thinking there was a, you know, a, a good option. That's a clear option. Yeah. If you want to join them early, I, I, I get that, but they didn't want to, you know, and they, that probably means they don't want to now, but they have to now. Yeah. And that's sort of, that's sort of what I do. Yeah. And that's sort of what I'm getting at is like, well, one, easy for me to sit here and say this now, right? Yes. Uh, but like, that's what that's what vision and leadership is, is like, hey, this doesn't make sense to do 18 months ago, but we're going to do it because we don't want to we don't want to do these next 18 months because they're going to be bad for everybody. Like that's having good vision. And they didn't they. <laughs> They did like all the opposite things of that, bringing the 9-11 thing into like uh, just so many different bad decisions along the way that got us to the point where we're doing a three hour congressional hearing in the Senate over PGA Tour China. It's like, how did we end up here? Well, there's a bunch of like bad vision along the way that kind of kind of got us to and again like easy for me to sit here and say those would have been really tough decisions but they're i kind of feel bad because the tour is taking the it's like the worst of both worlds right like they got they did the 18 months and now they're still catching flack for a decision that they could have made 18 months ago so with this discovery obviously came out some proposals to the framework so like proposals to the proposals to the proposals it's all it's all conceptual it's not even real Let's run through a couple of these. First off, um, I don't think I mentioned it, but uh, the expectation was that Piff was was and or is going to contribute a, a north quote north of a billion dollars into this new entity. Um, Greg Norman found out that he is out of a job. Uh, that within, I think it said within a month, he will be moved into a advisory role, and he. I think he tweeted out that uh, he was finding out about that for the first time. That's kind of the only thing that everyone's known for the last few months. Everything else has been up in the air. Greg going was almost a guarantee. That's a, a month after the definitive agreement is signed. Yeah, yeah. If if it if, if it's signed, yeah, if, right. Which is another thing. Like, hey, kind of an odd position. We know we're we, if this goes through, we're gonna break up with you. If not, you can stay. We still love yeah. you. Keep doing what you're doing, though. Yeah, keep doing a great yeah. job. <laughs> so he's a he's a lame duck commissioner. The proposals of what this could look like are uh pretty interesting. Liv proposes that Rory McElroy and Tiger Woods would own their own teams and play in at least 10 live events. Uh 
over what period of time is Tiger going to play 10 events anywhere? The rest of his life. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe uh, they meant to say Charlie. <laughs> Just a Woods. One of the Woodses has to play. Cheyenne. Uh, so a team event, a larger scale superstar live team event where it takes place in both Dubai and Saudi Arabia was floated. Uh, at least two elevated events on the PGA Tour coming under PIF or Aramco branding. And also, Mark alluded to this earlier, that the uh, His Excellency would also get a membership at Augusta National out of this. <laughs> I'm, this I'm, oh, good, I'm good on the His Excellency uh, <laughs> moniker. We can, we can eject that. Tough scene. Can you I, I'm going to go with Yasser. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Yeser Golf. <laughs> so the, I mean, th this is crazy, right? Are these, is this just them dreaming? Hey, this is our I ideal. Couple terms that we'd love to see. So what's interesting about this, Greg, is that the, in the, in the document dump, there's a, there's a company on there that put this together. Uh, it's called, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rick, PCP Capital. Yeah, PCP Capital Partners. So PCP, PCP Capital Partners. I'm like, okay, I'm reading through this. By the way, I've never read 260 pages as fast as I did today in my entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes me longer to read like the grocery list when I, when I go to the store than it took me to read those pages. But PCP Capital puts this, this document together, and you're like, okay, who's PCP Capital? Well, it turns out PCP Capital is a company that's run by a woman named or started by a woman named Amanda Stavely. And she helped to broker the deal with uh, when Yasser and the PIF bought Newcastle. And she also bought a stake into Newcastle. She bought, uh, I think it was 10% personally with a loan from some Russian people. So she's, she's, she's might be a menace. I think she is a menace. Uh, so she, her, her organization who you see their name and some of the, some of the people that work there throughout this entire, uh, document dump, put these slides together. And it's like, well, all this stuff is just, is just completely made up. And it's, it's weird to me that, well, one, it's weird, and I tweeted this, that Rory's out here fighting this fight between two entities, and the two entities behind his back are leveraging him for the future of yeah. their mer of their like deal together. That's, yeah, I mean, he, he said, I hate live, like, uh, last week. He's bait. That, that is weird. Yeah. Like, that is not... He, I presume, is not... I have not talked to him, but I presume is not pleased with that. So when when because Kyle, I look at this at this stuff the same way. Although I didn't read all two hundred and sixty pages, um, when you see stuff that looks made up like this, is there any validity to it? Is this a pro like is this a problem for the deal getting done? If they really want, like, how do we know if these are hardline, you know, deal breaker? Like, what if the membership to Augusta National is a deal breaker? And that's not going to happen. What? Well, I think no. I think we're. Well, yes, it's a good question. I think we're going to find out in the next six months, right? Like, what is what? 
what has to be. I mean, it, to me, this reads like, and I don't know if you saw this, Rick. I don't. I, I get. I don't know if there was any commentary on that presentation within the emails, like within the documents were sort of shared back and forth. I don't know if if there's an email that says, "Oh, well, you know, Jay Monahan's like, oh, this this presentation looks great because that <laughs> that would be bad." Uh, I did not see that, so maybe that exists. But to me, this was an outside firm that is just. I, I think sometimes a lot of these people that are involved with stuff like this, like, do you think Amanda Staveley knows more about golf than Rick Gaiman? No, right? And so you get a bunch of people involved that don't really understand how any of this works. And they're just saying things that you and I would say if we went and tried to make a proposal for like Apple's next five years. Right. We'd be like, I don't know, like a, uh, like a P- Apple playground. That'd be really cool. Like for my kids to play on, it would, you know, you could watch movies there and you could like the, like, it'd be amazing. And you're like, you don't even know what the hell you're saying. Like, you're just saying stuff, right? It sounds cool. Uh, but I, I think that's what a lot of this is. And it just, it, it fits in, honestly, with how the last month and a half have gone of like, hey, this whole thing just feels made up out of nowhere because that's exactly what it is. So um, I, I have one other question on that for you, Kyle. I talked to Rick a little bit about this yeah. beforehand. Yeah, ask this. Why is there a deadline of January? This is, you know, if, if the purpose of this is to unite the game of golf, we want to bring all this together. Uh, why is there a, this hard deadline? And, and a multi-billion dollar deal with a lot of tentacles. Like, do we need, is this going to be one of those things where there are extensions and it, it just, it's like a faux deadline to get people moving? Or is this, if, if January 10th rolls around and we don't have a deal, is this over and there's no litigation, but it, the war's back on between Liv and the PGA Tour? Well, if the war's back on, the tour is, it, it, that's not good. I agree. And that's why these, made up as as we call them these made up proposals are very concerning to me because if they you know we can it's easy to laugh at them um but if they hold their ground on it and and something so you know rory mcelroy owns a live team rory won't own a live team but the pga tour and piff can't get the deal done because uh, rory mcelroy is dragging his feet along you know, just as an example, now all of a sudden we don't have a deal done and we're in this. This becomes a mess. Yeah, it well, it already is a mess. And I think, I mean, the two reasons I can think of that, that there would be a deadline is, one, you've got so much scheduling and logistics just sort of lame duck up in the air, right? Nobody knows if Live exists in 2024. Nobody knows what the tour schedule is in 2024. It, it would just, it would be it would just feel like a really lame duck year. I mean, this, this year, like the second half of this year already sort of feels that way. Right. And so it it would just, you would lose some momentum there. And then I think the other thing that I can think of is a deadline puts pressure on players to vote on this, on the department of justice to allow it to go through. I don't know. There's like 15 different entities that have to sort of sign off either implicitly or explicitly on this. And if you have a deadline that's that soon, it put. I'm not saying I agree that that should be the case, but it does apply a little bit of pressure on those 
stakeholders to push it through. Get this done. Yeah, to go. I, I guess I understand that, but it's a very peculiar concept to me for something as complicated as this. Um, I, th- I think it benefits live in a in a. I think it gives them a lot of leverage, and yeah, I don't kind of why I'm concerned about it. I don't know who put it in there, but I sort of feel like uh, I guess not live the piff. It it sort of incentivizes the piff to be like eh, I don't know man we'll I guess we'll fi- figure some stuff out and then it December comes around and if it doesn't get done all of a sudden the piff is kind of in control right I mean that's how I, I I don't know like that's how it reads and so then then what now the one thing I'll say is piff is in control if it goes through I know they don't have the controlling. All this stuff Jimmy Dunn says, I understand the PGA Tour is in control. But when you have that significant of an investment in this entity, you're really in control. Um, And I don't I I think it's more valuable to have control of the PGA Tours brand than the brand new live golf brand. If I'm if I'm Yasser, I'd rather, hey, I'll bring the money. You bring the brand. Let's we'll make something great here. That would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's a lot harder road to build something new. Um, so I think that's, that's right. One kind of. Yeah, I think that's that right. Feel easier. I just think their fallback is a lot more attractive than the PGA Tours fallback. I I agree with that. For sure. All right, I'm going to put a pin in this. Um, we will focus on Scottish Open best bets, one and done. Uh, I'm going to do two things first. I'm going to quickly thank Topeka's own Gary Woodland, and I'm going to throw us to (laughs) hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Uh, Can I say one last thing? Sure. (laughs) Why not? I'm sure it'll stop here. The last thing I got, I I tweeted this. I was doing some research this morning. This whole thing today just felt like... I don't know. Silly at times. We're talking about PGA Tour China. We're talking about somebody's telling stories about Sam Snead. I thought they, I thought they were like doing a podcast. I thought they were trying to take over the first cut podcast. Um, there, the United States government has a hundred billion dollars in in military contracts with with the with Saudi Arabia. So, forgive me if I don't believe that anything's going to be done about this by the people that were involved today over a measly billion dollars, right? Like the the U S government's not incentivized. And now the department of justice might be a different story, but the the, U S government's not incentivized to mess up those relationships, to irritate Yasser, to irritate MBS over the cliques and the fireballs. Right. Like it's just I, I don't know. I, I, I got I, I the, you can say a lot about what the tour has done wrong. The senators today, I was just like, I don't know, man, like you're yelling about this. Well, you guys have one hundred billion dollars in contracts that come in from from Saudi Arabia. Everybody has their little carve out caveat of like, oh, well, this is different. Like you don't understand this. Jimmy yeah. Dunn said that today. Jimmy Dunn is like, well, it's just this is so different than all the other stuff. And then. The senator Blumenthal was being interviewed by Rich Lerner on Golf Channel, and he's like, 
And Rich Lerner asked him about like the relationship with Saudi Arabia. He's like, well, the defense stuff, it's kind of different. It's different than all this. And it's like, no, you're just trying to justify the thing that you're doing. Right. Yeah, I, and- I, I do get that to an extent. There are strategic things that like co- when countries deal with other countries, you want to prevent a, a real war. Right. You kind of want to have some allies. You may not agree with what they do, but, you know, we'll kind of keep the world in a calm place. I, I can under I don't know anything about that, but I can understand where that would be. Like it doesn't mean you support them to do things with them, business things with them. <laughs> Con- you know, it's like we got to keep everybody safe here. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know one I- way. To, that's one way to look at it, sure. But but everybody can kind of frame things in the way that they want to to make it look like, well, this kind of this had to happen. I don't know, you know, yes. like that's, it, it was. It just struck me that. Jimmy, like the tour was doing that, but also the government does that as well. So it, it didn't, it was just, it just felt like a lot of posturing. There was a lot of performative arts coming from Capitol Hill on Tuesday morning. All right, let's links it up. A little link style golf mark, two straight weeks of it. This is actually a fairly new golf course for this week. Uh, it's only like 15 years old, which for golf courses in Scotland, that that's a newborn. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, I'm so excited. I haven't been. Uh, I've talked with a lot of folks. The fact that it's just on the border of um, of Muirfield, the Honorable Company of Edinburgh Golf, is where the first rules of golf were written. I mean, that's something in itself. And it's in the town town of North Berwick. Carl's been there. That golf course is sensational. And just that that stretch of golf just down that Firth of Fourth is unreal. I mean, you're only twenty odd miles south of the old course over whatever the Firth is over there. So look, I'm. I'm ecstatic. I truly am. And and it's coming at the time of this, the season where honestly, everyone's kind of tired. You know, you, you guys are tired of all of this stuff going on. It's just, I would say down in the trenches where we are, it's just business as usual. We're out of the John Deere and we're going over to Muirfield, which is a cool change of scenery. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And the golf course from what I've spoken to folks is, is good. It, it gives you a little room to drive the golf ball. The weather's supposed to be grim, so I think it's going to lend itself to some real good ball strikers around there. So, yeah, I'm I'm jacked to see it. I'm seeing Muirfield to well, – time's mixed up. Muirfield Thursday afternoon. I'll be seeing the golf course Friday morning, so looking forward to that. Eight out of the ten top golfers in the world, Greg, the only two missing, Camp Smith not currently eligible, and John Rahm has opted to uh, take this week off. But it is uh, – Loaded field, uh, especially at the top. And then because of the co-sanctioned nature of this event, you are injecting a lot of guys that generally reside on the DP World Tour into this into this conversation as well. It makes for a very interesting uh, field because a lot of the guys on the DP World Tour have been playing some great golf. Um, and, and now you kind of met, blend them all together. But you look at this board, and as I'm scrolling down rickrungood.com and the field, I'm thinking, this is a designated event right oh john rob skipping a, a, a designated event well i thought he already skipped one and i've got oh wait th- this isn't designated but it looks a whole lot like it uh, yeah. that's the coolest part of the scottish open being co-sanctioned the week before the open it makes perfect sense and honestly i mean it took you talk about vision kyle uh it took way too long to do this because it's just it's a great idea and uh, I'm I'm really glad it's happening this week. Yeah, we've seen some guys 
go over like Ricky Fowler had played the Scottish a handful of times uh, this week, but now it is much easier and makes more sense for those guys to go over there. Some of them went over even earlier. KP took in a little Wimbledon action. So they've, they've been over there getting the bodies uh, acclimated to, to the time zone. Uh, Scheffler, no surprise, the favorite with Rory McIlroy right behind. How much does this week matter, right? Like, are you going to sound alarm bells if someone's irons aren't interacting with the turf properly? Like, this <laughs> What is what is the overall like need of this event for to prepare for next week? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Uh, who are the boys watching, by the way? Alcaraz, Novak. Oh, I don't know. It's a couple days ago, right? I don't. I don't know who it was. Yeah, there was on different days. I think it was. Fleetwood was there one day. Fleetwood looked like a the king of England. <laughs> he looked like he is bossing right now. He's, He's like, I'm the man. <laughs> he might he might win the Scottish and the in the, the open. Uh to answer your question, I, I I go back to 2021, all the way back to 2021. Morikawa can't get his irons through the turf, and then he wins the open. Right. So uh, does it matter? Yeah. Is it paramount? No, I I don't I don't think so. They're two very different golf courses. Now, careful. I'm careful in saying this because I'm just basing this on research. I'm sort of the typical Twitter guy. I'm, I'm learning from what I'm learning by talking to people and going online. Uh, but Hoylake and, and this place are, are, are different in many respects. So, look, it's a similar style of golf, but the temperature is going to be different uh, from what I've heard from Hoylake. It's crispy already. And this place is sort of green because it's been quite wet and we're getting a lot of rain. So, look, it's Lynx golf. That's kind of where it begins and ends. The ball plays on the ground. It rolls out if it's firm. You have to control trajectory, uh, stay out of pot bunkers. That's sort of the rules that are the same between this week and the following week. Uh, those are the rules for Lynx golf. The rules for our bets are as follows. Josh gives us $100. We take it over to Caesar Sportsbook. We put 50 on a matchup, 30 on a finishing position, and 10 bucks each on two separate outrights. And then we beg. For $50 more, which we'll get to in just one second. Greg, you scoured all of the internet and found me a matchup. What'd you find? Um, uh, this is so risky. I can't believe I did it. Um, uh, this is Min Woo Lee over Justin Thomas. And by the way, Min Woo Lee is the favorite. Uh, so why did I do this? Well, uh, this is a not, not the favorite of the tournament. The not favorite the favorite of, of the match. tournament. The favorite of this matchup. That's right. Well, one, I, I mean, Minwoo Lee is coming off a back-to-back top tens, has a really nice record here, um, including a win. Yep. Um, so that uh, that kind of caught my attention. Minwoo Lee has caught my attention heading into this week for one, and then Justin Thomas on the other side is in the midst of the worst year of his career. Um, you know, worst full year in many respects. He is not doing very well on the greens. His iron play has been really struggling. Um, his short game has been keeping him afloat, if you will, if you can even call it that. And now he goes over to Lynx Golf, where he has shown really no record of any kind. Um, I mean, a tied 11th is his best finish at the Open Championship or the Scottish Open. He missed the cut here last year. And, and in the open 2019 open was his only finish inside the top 40. 
So I have a lot of concerns about Justin Thomas and his game right now. And I have a lot of concerns with him anyway, when it comes to Lynx golf. So that's how I justify taking Minwoo Lee over Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas is the cheapest he's ever been on DraftKings, which you could say sentiment is down. Odds makers are down the rock bottom for JT right now. Uh, you are now inducted into Joe Musso's Minsiders, Greg. That's the ah. fan club for Min Woo Lee headed by that, our Joe Musso. That feels like a dangerous bet. It, like it, it, it makes sense, but it, it, it concerns me. That's why I talked about it for so long. <laughs> convince yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> convince you and convince I've me. I've been doing that recently too. Oh, yeah. uh, Mark, you did not pick on Justin Thomas, but you did also find a Min Woo Lee wager. Yeah, but I picked on Justin Thomas a few weeks ago and saw my rear end. So I was like, uh, not twice. I'll make a mistake once, but if I make it twice, then fool on me. Um, look, Minwoo, there's a theme with where I've went this week. Uh, talking to advanced folks, it's supposed to be difficult weather. It's always going to be windy on that coast over there. So I'm going with heavy ball hitters. And Minwoo is one of those. It's the thing through the wind as well as anyone. Uh, I feel like Wyndham Clark, even though he's played well here before, you're on the back end of a career-defining achievement. And, and, and I was so impressed at him the way he played um, over at the Travelers the week after the U.S. Open, just to kind of guts it out and make the weekend. That was impressive to me, and he put together a few decent scores. But I, I don't know. He's been back home. He's had some time off. You know, they have, they're, they're not just playing casual golf in Scottsdale. Folks are having a grand old time at Whisper Rock over there, and I'm sure there's been a little celebrations and stuff. So I, I'm looking at a guy who may be a little rusty coming over, versus a guy who's won this event before, albeit at a different golf course. He's got a marvelous game, and his confidence is absolutely soaring right now. So Minwoo plus 110 over Wyndham Clark. There you heard it right there. A couple of selections for Minwoo. I went with Alex Smalley, flushing everything he can. Minus 130 over Alex Norin. Uh, Smalley's been awesome. He finished T10 here last year. He's leading the world in some of the approach numbers as of late. So I'll go with Smalley and KP. You found uh, the two at the top of the board. Where'd you go? Yeah, Rory over Scotty. Uh, feels dangerous. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Are you okay? Gee, what is it? Playing with, playing with fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... This kind of goes back to my uh, was it who did I say if they're twenty to one or, or higher you got to bet them was it was Morikawa. it Rory I think it was Morikawa I thought it was Rory when did you say it <laughs> I thought it was this matters I thought, I I thought it was Morikawa at the open when he was forty and and then okay. won it I think so I think but, it was then and I also think it was Rory at CJ Cup twenty to one and he won it okay so. Kind of the same theory here of like I get it with Scotty. I mean, obviously I've been I'm like the the leader of the strokes gain brigade. You, with, you, you, with, ditched, you ditched John Rahm like a bad habit yeah, all of a sudden you're all on the Scotty bus. No, I didn't ditch I mean I, I get more than one. Okay. We got Speeth Island. We need a name Scotty Street. <laughs> Scotty <laughs> Street, Rom Road. <laughs> Rue Rom, yeah. Uh Rue de Rom. But like, I mean, Rory being plus money over any human, do you have to take? That's just that's one of my I, I, that's one of my rules. Throw it in, Josh. Put that in my like book of gambling. Don't show <laughs> my numbers, but put it in my book of gambling. See, that's the thing. I'll never. T I think only once in this have I ever taken the minus number. It just is nonsensical to me. But maybe I'm an amateur gambler. I don't know what I'm doing. 
I think we're all amateur gamblers. Or we could have Josh pull. We could have Josh pull your results, and we could see if that's been beneficial. Yeah, that I'm an amateur gambler. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Rory McIlroo would be the would be the best street name. There we go. I see. There we go. Let's see what I've done there. Finishing position, KP. I'll start right here with you. And am I reading this right? The King of England. The King of England plus one hundred. It's crazy that you get him at this number. Uh, I'm if he if he wins this week, I'm going to Photoshop him onto that that uh, photo of uh, of the King of England where he was carrying the two uh, scepters. Did you see this? Yes. Great meme. Phenomenal. And I'll put Tommy's face on there. Scepter. See if maybe 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 producer Josh can pull it up. I, it's it's everywhere. I don't know if he can. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's on the internet. Obviously, it's uh, it's fantastic. No, Tommy's been playing great. Uh, he finished uh, top ten here a year ago. I'm just I'm I'm I. He seems just dialed, and I'm really excited about him at the Open Championship next week at Hoy Lake. It seems kind of ideal for him and uh yeah i like him to finish in the top 20 at, at plus plus money this week yep top 24 tommy fleetwood i went with one of my world tour buddies alexander bjork top 40 plus 110 he is not long off the tee though he is accurate and he is he's like a young web simpson and he has just been crushing it on the world tour. So plus 110, top 40. That is all I asked, Greg. You, I didn't realize that I've chosen only Alex's or Alexander's. You also founded one. Yes, Alex Norin, mm. uh, who I've been pretty impressed with. Um, he has two top 12 finishes in his last three events, including tied ninth at the at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Um, you know, the thing that's really hurt Alex Norin this year has been his driving. Uh, his off the tee performance has been rather poor uh, through this entire year. Uh, but every other area of his game has been, at least in the recent, pretty good. Uh, his iron play in, in the last four weeks, he's gained strokes in all four. Um, putting, it's been really good since, say, the PGA Championship. Um, the short game's been really good for a long, longer period than that. Uh, and I like Alex Norin as a mutter this week heading into Scotland. Tied 30th here last year. I think he does a little better than that this week. But uh, I'm, I think you can lock him up for a top 40. Coming off a of T9 in Detroit in his last start for Alex Norin. Uh, Mark, round us out here. Give us your finishing position, please. I'm not going as scandic as you are. I'm going just south of that with a Belgian. Uh, in Thomas Dietrich, who is just a sensational golfer. And he's... You know, growing up in Belgium, it's wet. Belgium, it's wet conditions and such. And and this guy hits it heavy. Like I said, that's kind of my theme for this week. And the top forty plus one twenty. Um, I think Dietrich all week long. Scottish Open last four years for Thomas Dietrich. T ten, runner up. T thirty, forty third. Oh, and then there's that. And there is that. As so I've got well. a three and four chance there, judging by results. Bjork top 40, Norin top 40, Fleetwood top 20, Dietrich top 40. Two separate outrights. There's a little bit of overlap here. Kyle, why don't you start us off, please? Also, why don't you unmute yourself? And I've got Xander who won it last year. My first time doing a podcast. I've got Xander who won it last year. And then I've got Tommy again. Just love the way he's playing. Love it at 20 to 1. He's kind of, I don't know if he's sneaking in, but 
he's not uh, I guess he's not since we all picked him but yeah I just I uh, he's he's been hitting the ball like 2018 Tommy recently and that's exciting it would be kind of funny if he got his first uh, PGA Tour win in Scotland right yeah be, yeah he'd still be on the he'd still be on the hook for one yeah that would be uh, kind of perfect so yeah those are those are my two outrights Mark, you also had Tommy Fleetwood, so let us know who rounds out your other outright, please. Well, just to Tommy, look, he's swinging great, and I think the addition of that mini driver to the bag has just been an absolute godsend. Uh, you can hit this thing like 280 off the tee, you can tee it down, flat the thing, and it, it, it doesn't turn left, which for Tommy is kind of his bad uh, shot. So that's going to help him off the tee. I love him this week. I've loved him for the last few weeks, and speaking of loving him for the uh, for the last few weeks, I had Patrick Cantley a final round at the Travelers, and that was amidst a bunch of uh, driving range conversation that morning because it came out the night before that he, according to Eamon Lynch, was leading a coup of golfers against the PGA Tour. And uh, there was a lot of conversation about him. And I, I, so I watched what his demeanor was going to be like, and it never changed. The guy was completely unflappable. So I feel like someone who's playing great golf um, just sort of puts his nose down, avoids the noise, just keeps his eye on the prize. I think it's time now for him to start playing well and to get himself a win. Not going to find an argument here. I also have Tommy Fleetwood on my card and Matt Fitzpatrick, a couple of well-rounded golfers. Fitzies played here four times, T6, T2, T42, and a 14th place finish. So I'm going with a couple of consistent, no holes in the game, just depending on how things go here, Greg, because it can change pretty quickly around uh around this place but you're the only one who has no overlap in your outright selection so i've saved you for last please okay so one is very similar to your strategy rick and very consistent no holes in the game that's tyrell hatton who i think has been one of the most complete players on the pga tour this season um gaining strokes in every category top 17 uh, off the tee approach the green and putting um, so he has been incredibly strong. I, I think he's worth a play and then, um, not a steady, consistent player, Jordan Spieth, who is a phenomenal links player. Um, and I, you look at Jordan's record here, tied 10th, the one time he played here. Um, and then at the open championship in, in his last seven starts, five of them are top tens. He's, he's played really, really well on Lynx Golf. So although it's been a little up and down over the last four weeks for Jordan Spieth, you have two top fives in that span. You have some missed cuts. You have a T29 in there. But I think there's a really good chance that this is a this makes for a good Jordan week. I think, I mean, obviously Spieth's going to win the Open next week, but are you concerned that this course doesn't, it's just such a different course that it doesn't set up as well for him? Um. No, because he played really nice. He played nicely here last year. He did. You're right. You know, so um, that's the thing. Look, I, I didn't go through this week with all open championship comparisons, uh, but I think you're looking at a really nice stretch for Jordan here. Um, and it's very likely back to back wins for him ahead of us. Very likely. Nice. I'm, I mean, <laughs> they announced Royal Burtdale today. He can celebrate that. Yep. There's going to be a, there's going to be a, um, Equipment truck memorial uh, raised on the driving range over there. Does he get to keep the claret jug if he wins three in a row? When he wins three in a row? Well, that was, that that was, they had to cancel one of the first opens, right? Because uh, old Tom kept the belt. 
I think it was young. Or young Tom. Yeah. The belt. Yeah. Hate, hate to see it. And then he came back. They made a new trophy. He came back and he won it again. <laughs> Mic that's, drop. Yeah. <laughs> we get an extra $50 from Josh to put on anything we want. No restrictions. And uh, I just went for it because I wanted to learn how to pronounce a new name. Roman Langask. Top mm. third. Uh, uh, Mark oh, close. <laughs> oh, that's right, Mark. What? How do you put out Romain Langask? Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said Roman. Romain. Like the mm. last. Mm. You got to roll the R. Romain. That was better. The French ones are tough. Yeah. It's French a great name. Top 30. Plus 280. He is a worse European Cam Young. Okay. Hits it far. Stellar around the greens. Great putter. Doesn't doesn't hit his second shots as well as Cam Young does. That's why he's not Cam Young. But I, I saw Cam Young hit two wedges. Third round of last week. Mm -hmm. that were concerning to me. Ooh. I mean, the one was a wedge from like 80 yards. He hit the ground an inch before the ball from the fairway. Barely got it to the front of the green. I'm like, eesh. The explosion shot. The driver is great, though. Eh? The rest of it needs a little tightening up. Splashed it out of the fairway, Greg. That's not a, that's not a good yeah. <laughs> who's, who's your best bet? Hopefully a guy who's not going to splash one from a tight line. You know, that'll be, be great yeah. for Wings Golf. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, the, hopefully the wedges are going through the turf properly. Uh, my best bet is Shane Lowry, top 20. Uh, been hitting the ball really well all year. Um, the putter has not cooperated, although I think it's starting to. So I really, I think Shane Lowry's trended in the right direction. Uh, it's going to be rainy. Reminded me of maybe Royal Port Rush. A little bit of wind, a little bit of rain. He's a mutter. Uh, I trust Shane Lowry. I think he has a great week. KP? Well, first of all, we need to open a congressional hearing into my picks. This is embarrassing. <laughs> it's not great. If you're watching on YouTube, we have the uh, performance for, I, I assume this is the year, 2023 calendar year up on screen, and there, there's a lot of red, unfortunately. Tough. Uh, I've got Matt Fitzpatrick top 20. Finished in the top, finished in the top 22 of the last three years at this uh, at this golf course at this tournament and uh, he's been playing very, he didn't play great at the, I think his last tournament was travelers, but before that he'd been playing, playing some good golf. So I like him to rebound a little bit from that travelers performance. Top 20 plus plus one twenty. Maddie Fitz Patty, Mark round us out here. Close out our best bets. I think it might be the only guy with a man bun in the field. I'm talking about Marcel Seam. You can check my guy. Yeah. Try to check on that. And his name keeps popping up around the place when I'm watching the DP World Tour. And and he's a mutter. He's got a short, sharp swing, hits the ball well. Um, and you gotta love a guy with a man bun and a cigarette and checking the uh, cigarette smoke to see where the wind is going and stuff. And at plus five hundred to be the top German, I was like, yeah, bring it. So uh, Seam top German plus five hundred. Let's go. See, Tommy Fleetwood could do a man bun. He just opts not to. Yeah. Cam Smith. There for it. Cam Smith could do it. Wow. That would be a look. 
Marcel seem Marcel seem always reminds me of of somebody who has to body up Tim Duncan in the Olympics. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a fascinating dude because he vacations down there in Cape Town, where I'm from. From and when he goes over, that's not vacation. He's showing up at the local golf courses, playing golf all the time. He's he just loves golf, and um, and I hope he loves it enough to get in, uh, to to be the top German for me this week. Five to one. If he gets the job done. All right. One and done, gentlemen. We are going to reveal those selections. We are going to hopefully win a lot of money. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Josh hit it. Let's see what we've got for this week. KP, you and the fans are rolling together. 8.9 million for you. They have 14.2. Who is it? The King of England. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Thomas Fleetwood. It's a small purse, so it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I keep th- I, I'm I'm with Greg. I keep thinking of this as an elevated like twenty million dollar event. It's not, uh, but I still I, I wasn't gonna pick him next week because I need to pick a live guy next week, and I probably wouldn't pick him the rest of the year. So this was just this was a great spot for him. Yeah, it's a measly nine million dollars. I can't believe these guys are even. What are we even doing this for? I agree. Patrick yeah. by himself. With Min Wu Lee. Greg, also by yourself. The lone wolf, as they say. With whom? Matt Fitzpatrick. Mm. Which um, I kind of, a couple of the guys I really wanted to play, I either couldn't or I'm saving. And so I came across Matt Fitzpatrick, and I, I think it's the perfect spot to play him. So a little bit of luck, and I'm thrilled to be lone wolf on him. Uh, Sia Najad has opted for Jordan Spieth. He is also a lone wolf. I am also with Shane Lowry because that's all I got. That is all I have left. I am down to the bottom of the barrel. I've gone with Shane Lowry. Kyle M by himself with Ricky Fowler and Mark. Wow, look at this. We've got basically everybody all lone wolfing. Yeah, except for KP and the fans. Uh, who have you selected from the top spot? The future king of Sweden. Oof. Yeah, no, uh, I spent about 30 minutes with this young man last week, and I talked with he and his caddy Jack. His caddy Jack is uh, Madeline Sagstrom's fiance, and so we were talking about Lynx golf and stuff, and I looked at Jack, and I looked at Ludwig Aberg, and I'm like, next week's uh, right up your alley. And he smiled. He goes, I like Lynx golf. And then I watched him hit for a while, and then I said to myself, with uh, Adam Schenk just standing a few feet down from me, who I bailed on the week before, and that was bad. And I hate missing cuts, and I've got two missed cuts in a row. So I looked down my list, and i got a few folks left I can play. Um, I'm in a pickle with Tony Fino. I might have to leave him out for the rest of the season. So I'm going Aberg. The way he's playing, golf course, the way he hits it. I, I, uh, I look for him to continue the form, which is uh, obviously pretty strong. For our- Tony at the 3M. Uh, between him, him and Sung JM right now for that. Oh, you've already got this mapped out. Yeah, you know me. I don't even know when the 3M is, much less who I'm going to play for it. <laughs> for our podcast friends, Mark is at 16.5 million. Ludwig Aberg, Kyle M, 14.9. Ricky Fowler, the fans, 14.2. Tommy Fleetwood, Rick, 13.7. Shane Lowry, Sia, 12.4. Jordan Spieth, Greg, 11 million. Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick. 9.3 Minwoo Lee Kyle 8.9 Tommy Fleetwood that was hard to say somebody in the comments said what was Mark's original pick <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? wow 
Zach, what's going on with you? Hey, what's good? You still complaining about that? Someone also said Rick could end up in the bottom three. Hey, I could also end up in the top three. Why are we looking in one direction? A true who can say situation. Can we get the graphic back and see where the fans where the fans are stacking up on this leaderboard, please? Fans yeah. can pounce, fan. <laughs> in third. Third with Fleetwood. Fleetwood's missing the cut. No. I hope not. <laughs> well, I picked him to win. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, gentlemen. Any thoughts? I'll catch you guys in a few weeks' time. Peace. Yeah, have a great trip, Mark. Thanks, man. All right. Um, stay tuned for whatever time these round-by-round -round recaps are going to be done. They'll obviously be earlier in the day because of how time zones work. So keep an eye out for that. For now, big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.